Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Toward the end of the book of James, we read something a little surprising. There's a verse that seems to come out of nowhere about honesty. James 5.12 Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you'll be condemned. Above all? That's more important than everything else in the book, including justification by faith or loving your neighbor? No. No, it's not above all in importance. It's above all in priority. And today, we'll find out why. You stand in the courtroom, you put your hand in the Bible and swear to tell the truth. You better tell the truth. You stand before the altar and say, I vow before God and these witnesses to love and to cherish. You better not break that vow. And realize that any promise you ever make counts as a full-blown vow in God's name, even if you don't mention God. In fact, it even goes further than that. Because when Jesus requires that our yes always mean yes and our no always mean no in that context, what he's doing essentially is placing us under oath every single time we open our mouths. That means you're on the hook for following through and for being faithful and truthful whether you promise or not. If God requires that your yes always mean yes, your no always means no, that means every word out of your mouth is essentially a vow in God's name. It's in God's name, see? That's what the, that's the issue. His name, that's what's at stake. As, as Christians, we bear the name of Christ, don't we? We call ourselves by His name. We're walking around claiming to represent Him. And so any kind of dishonesty or unfaithfulness on our part profanes the name of Christ. If I get startled by something and I say, oh my God, that's profaning, that's profanity, right? Because I'm taking something that's holy, God, and just treating him like an epithet, you know, just a meaningless common thing. If I say, I swear to God, I'm telling the truth, may God damn me to hell if I'm not, if I'm lying, and I am lying, that's profanity, that's profane, I'm, I'm misusing his name. But what we're seeing here is, even if I just say yes, and I don't mean yes, still I'm profaning the name of this profanity. I'm profaning God's name. Because essentially, in the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mount was he placed us under oath 24-7. We're all, all the time under oath before God. So when you, when you talk, picture yourself... In the courtroom, the courtroom of God. Maybe that, that awesome scene in Daniel 7, you know, where, where the high court of heaven is all seated and then, and then God himself takes his seat and the highest dignitaries in this whole spiritual realm are all there and thousands of angels in attendance and you are called before that great assembly to testify. But before you, you testify, you're placed under oath and so they ask, do you swear by the living God on that throne, the, the ancient of days himself, do you swear that what you are telling is the truth. I swear. That's the kind of standard you're bound to every time you open your mouth. Every time your wife asks you where you went after work. 
When you tell your kids, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll do that Saturday. You said that under oath. You said that under oath. It's a vow that the Lord will require of you. When you're returning something to the store and they ask you a question that may determine whether you'll actually get your money back or not, you're under oath before God. When kids 12 and under eat free and your kid just turned 13 and they ask of his age, you're under oath. When you fill out your taxes, when you sell a car, everything you ever say, it's as if you started it with, I swear before the holy God, this is true. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely if I'm lying. Kids, we're here. Your mom, your dad ask you what happened. You don't tell the truth. You're lying to God. You're lying to God. And, and mom and dad may never know. Maybe they'll never find out. But you'll have to face whatever punishment God gives you. And that's going to be worse. You would be way better off to be in trouble with, with mom and dad. Whatever trouble you're going to be in with mom and dad, you'd be way better off than to get into trouble with God. Because being in trouble with God is a lot, lot worse than any other trouble you can ever be in with mom and dad or a teacher or anyone else. Everyone's sitting around telling stories and that last one got a lot of laughs. And now it's your turn and you're about to, uh, and you want them to laugh at yours too so you make something up or you embellish a little bit, you exaggerate a little bit. You just lie to God. And you're in trouble. And the same goes for unfaithfulness, not just lying, but unfaithfulness. You say, yeah, I'll be there, but then a better opportunity comes up. What are you going to do? I heard about a guy last week. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll come and I'll fix that for 100 bucks." And then he got another job opportunity that same day where he could make $2,000. What do you do? You're better off to lose the 1900 Now, you can call the guy and say, would you release me from my commitment? If he says yes, fine. But if he, if he says no, you're much better off to lose the $1,900 than to be unfaithful before a holy God. Your word needs to be yes, meaning yes. And we need to teach this to our kids. Your kid says, yeah, I'll come over to your house on Saturday. And then all of a sudden he gets invited to this incredible birthday party at Waterworld and all this great. And you call the friend and say, sorry, can't make it. Or do you call and say, would you release me from this commitment? If not, I'm coming. You commit to a ministry. And you realize, this isn't what I want to do. I don't like this ministry. Do you ask to be released from your commitment? Or do you just send out an email saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. Or worse, don't even say anything, you just quit doing it. Are you an unreliable person or are you a reliable person? Matthew 20, or Proverbs 25, 19 says, like a bad tooth or a lame foot is a reliance on, an unfaithful, on the unfaithful in times of trouble. You know how much an abscessed tooth hurts, you know, or a really bad toothache? That's what you are if you're an unreliable person to someone else. It's just an irritation in life. And here's the thing about the, the sin of lying is it's, it's tough because, you know, usually you commit a sin and then you just say, man, that was wrong, I'm sorry, I repent, please forgive me, and you move on. But the sin of lying, it's not over until you go back to the person and confess. So from the time I lie to him on, I'm, con- I'm still in sin. I'm constantly in sin until I go and I confess. And I can't draw near to God during that time. 
If you have a problem with dishonesty, I would strongly urge you to give this your full attention as the number one priority in your life until you can overcome that sin, because it is an absolutely devastating sin. Not only will it destroy relationships, ruin your career, and cause all kinds of other temporal problems, but far worse than any of that, it will destroy your relationship with God. Remember, this is not like other sins where you you commit the sin and it's over. When you tell a lie, that sin continues day and night, 24-7. You're still committing that sin from the time you lie until the moment you come clean. And the whole time, you're holding the presence of God at arm's length. You're inviting God's discipline on your life constantly. And the longer you wait to confess, the more damage you do to your relationship with the people you lied to. I mean, if you tell a lie, and two seconds later, just immediately you say, you know, uh, you know what, that was a lie, I'm sorry. You do that, most people will forgive you immediately. In fact, they might even be impressed with your honesty, ironically. If you wait five minutes, and then you confess, well, then there will be a little bit more damage, but still minimal. Wait a day. And it's a lot worse because the person realizes the world they've been living in the past day doesn't exist. And they have to retrace the whole day and wonder, is this true? Is that true? What are the implications? And they they have a sense of being sinned against for the whole last 24 hours. Wait a year to come clean and it really does a lot of damage. So all that to say, this is not an issue you can afford to put on the back burner or just deal with in a shallow way. So try this for today. If you're continuing in some unconfessed lie, every time you pray, imagine God turning his face away from you and holding his hands over his ears until you confess to the person you lied to. And if you're not involved in any dishonesty right now, that's great. But it still might be a good thing to imagine that same thing every time you pray and preach to your soul, saying, aren't you glad, soul, that this isn't our reality right now? Aren't you glad we don't have any unrepentant sin like an ongoing lie on our conscience so that God would respond that way to our prayers? Let's pray. Father, that kind of discipline on unrepentant sin It's harsh. Thank you for making it that harsh, Lord. I need it to be harsh. Harsh enough to cause my soul to fear you and revere your name. Remind me continually that all my life is under oath. And awaken me to what a serious matter it is to lie to you. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying... Why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.